Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, welcome to the show. We've been off for a week, maybe even two weeks. I don't know. I don't know how time works. It is impossible to tell since time is a fabrication of human. It is not reality. There is only the now, so we have been gone forever, but we've also always been here, so mm, period drop <laughs> in <laughs> synthoid space, period dropping is the sound of a keyboard clicking, unlike in olden times when it sounded like a cannonball being dropped on a baby's toe. Hmm. Dude, I'm... I'm <laughs> I've been listening to Stephen King's On Writing. Yeah. Have you ever read that book? Uh, I think I read it when I was a kiddo. Yeah, it was like came out 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'm reading the audiobook. He's such a good reader. Anyways, he's talking about when he was t- a two-year-old. Who rem- First of all, who remembers shit when they were two? No one. Except no for one Stephen that. King. Maybe Stephen King. Or he's just, you know, created a story in his head that that's what happened. Yeah. But anyways, when he was two, he thought he was a circus strongman, and he lifted up a uh, cinder block, but there was a wasp nest inside of it, and so the wasp came out and stung him on his ear, and then he dropped the cinder block on his little tiny foot, two-year-old foot, <laughs> and he said it hurt. I thought you were going to say his penis. Yeah, he has the kind of, he had a baby penis that dragged along the floor, that's how long it was. Right. He had actually a larger than, he had like... John Holmes's penis, but when he was two, it was 12 inches long. Well, here's the deal. He doesn't remember that. No one remembers anything before at least three. And what he has done for his whole life is make up stories. So what's more likely that he's the only person that has a memory from two years old or he made up a story? You are using logic to make sense of the universe. Congratulations. Everyone, even my friends who read, listen to audiobooks now. I wonder if anyone will ever read books again. No. The answer is no. I have looked at the logs. There is no more book reading that will you ever You looked at occur. the future logs? Did you look at the logs in the future? Future logs, starting from here going forward, no books will ever be read, read, or written again. Everything will be chat GPT'd. What if I just told chat GPT, write me a Ken Follett novel, and then turned it in, got that shit published, and then became a celebrated auteur. Well, all art, all art will is going that direction. AI generated art. Did I tell you the story of what happened when I was doing the uh, the blurb for my new poetry book? No, you did not. So I got a new poetry book coming out called "Falling into a Living Room," and I was like, "Man, I'm just I'm just gonna get ChatGPT to write the blurb for the back of the book," you know. Instead of just making it up myself and making it sound like I'm, you know, like, Gar- you know, Stephen King, like a fake G- Stephen King blurb. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, I told Jat Jat GPT to write the blurb, and uh, it did. And then I was like, oh yeah, I forgot because I'm using besides poems. I'm also for every poem I've generated an AI image to go along with the poem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh yeah, I forgot to put that in there. So I resubmitted the thing. Hey, write this blurb, but also mention that I've got AI art in here as well. And dude, ChatGPT was like, Mom Schneider has created a new poetry book using his great uh, abilities as a writer. But what sets this book apart more than anything are the AI illustrations that make it a new thing. (laughs) Dude, it was going off, dude. Like the whole thing was about the AI shit. AI is the best. It has created a new form of art. You must celebrate it. And then I was like, hey, ChatGPT, rewrite using less less words. And then it came back like a, kind of like a whipped dog. And Baumschneider uses AI art. <laughs> it was so weird, dude. That chat, that AI shit is weird, man. Have you fucked with that at all? <laughs> I did. Um, our friend, our mutual friend, Rachel Loy, has a, uh, has a new band project called uh, the giant and it's all chicks or whatever and she said uh she said what i really want for the art i was making a show poster for her and she said what i really want is like a huge like vagina like godzilla walking down the street mm. and i the only time i use chat is i typed in i typed in giant pussy walking down a dystopian you know apocalyptic cityscape mm-hmm. and it spit out pretty much exactly what i asked for is uncanny actually i didn't think you could use the word pussy in in like if you use like any sort of like i think i said vagina yeah you have to say vagina if you said pussy you would have said uh that content is not we cannot create that content i also follow uh, a subreddit that's like it's called weird gp whatever the thing's called and it's people putting in really weird stuff and then getting these kind of monstrous images so i i see some of that every day but i've only messed with it one time and i've never messed with the uh like it writing something for you yeah the writing is interesting it's really good writing like boring shit so like the blurb it was amazing but like if you have it like write a song or write poetry or something it it's can't do that did you see nick cave responding to uh someone sent him like a chat gpt or the the robot writing a song like Nick Cave, so they fed it a bunch of Nick Cave stuff, and it spit out a, a Nick Cave poem or whatever, and it's it's him responding to it. It's pretty intense. He did not like it. Well, the problem with Nick Cave is he can't even write Nick Cave songs anymore. Like he stopped being able to write a good Nick Cave song at least twenty years ago. Do you ever read that? Like he puts out like a a letter. It's called like Red Red Letters or something. Where he'll like respond to like fan quest. It's kind of like a Dear Abby, but for Nick Cave. It's usually pretty insightful. He's a pretty smart dude. I think he's really smart. I, I think he's a great writer. The problem, I think that I think sometimes the problem that people have with somebody, somebody like Nick Cave, who really early on in his career was a critic's darling, right? Like he, all over the world, and it was worldwide. Like worldwide, people loved him. And we're like, oh, this guy's the best. When you get that kind of attention young, then you just feel like, oh, I got to keep writing the same kind of shit over and over again. That does not 
farewell in terms of longevity, in terms of creativity, in terms of growing, expanding, getting better. It just, I don't, because you're, you're constantly like, you can't help it because it's human nature. You kind of want to, you kind of want to, you know, unless you're Radiohead, you kind of want to chase the, yeah, the success, the thing that worked. Chase the thing that worked, yeah. I was reading an interview. I don't, I don't know how concerned you are about this, but the band Live from the 90s, one of my favorite bands, they're basically being torn apart by people in the band are shitheads and money and stuff. And, but the, uh, I was reading an interview with the guitar player, and he said they made that first album, that Throwing Copper album, where they sold like 11 million copies with a song where they say placenta falls to the floor. And he said for their second album... Uh, they were told by the you know they were trying to they were trying to grow instead of chasing the success of throwing copper instead of making that record part two he's like everyone told us like we couldn't call it secret samadhi it, the lead single couldn't be called lakini's juice it had all this like eastern philosophy in it he's like and then the worst thing happened for our egos uh, it came out and it went number one and he talks about how like the tool guys have talked about that too like they just think they're always right now because they had a lot of success when they were young Right. So, so when they get into arguments creatively, it's like they all they all sort of drink their own sauce, as they should. <laughs> Drinking sauce is how we will live in the future. The tool sauce is a good juice that they have created, and so drink from the chalice. Also, live though, <laughs> do not drink from that poison bilge water cup, because <laughs> unless you were indoctrinated into the live temple. As a young person, do not drink the bilge water, dude. You, I'll send this to you after the episode, but you got it. It's called the Red Hand Files. This shit, Nick Cave writes. It's not super long, but he does say at the end, Mark, thanks for the song, but with all the love and respect in the world, this song is bullshit—a grotesque mockery of what it is to be human. And well, I don't much like it. And he says the apocalypse is on its way. I should also mention the strange circumstances of which I am doing this podcast. There is currently another person right behind me, our keys player, Don. I have noticed a human form in the periphery. We both uh, split a hotel room on our off day today to do some session work, and obviously I'm doing some podcasting. So he's in here just working on music and listening to a one-sided conversation with you. Hopefully he will not perform masturbatory actions behind you while you podcast. I'd be fine with it. I am fine with not turning around... To watch another man ejaculate into Kleenex, avoiding his keyboard. Oh boy! Anyway, dude, did we ever talk about? Did we ever talk about this epiphany I had about accents? Have we ever discussed that on the show? I don't recall an accent epiphany. No. Well, when I was at thirty eight, I know I, I know I talked to you. I think I talked to you about it at thirty eight, but maybe I haven't talked to you about it on the podcast. But I, we met. I met a guy named um god what's his name partridge is that his name that country guy that you like yeah what was his name i don't remember jesus christ like ben partridge or something i don't know why you liked him so much but yeah anyways i thought he was a good songwriter and he's a really i like his art and he's like he was funny and his songs were weird and kind of stream of consciousness there were a lot of similarities between me and him like in terms of our upbringing and um anyways but he had the most serious accent I've ever heard in my life. He sounded exactly like Gomer Powell. I was like, golly, <laughs> I can't even believe it. I'm meeting Bob Schneider. I heard about you. 
you're real good. I was like, damn, son, you got the craziest accent of all time. I'm like, what does my shit sound like? Does your shit sound normal to you? And then I realized, like I had this epiphany where I realized he knows what he sounds like and he knows what I sound like because he's like, oh, you sound like, you sound like you're a Yankee or something, you know, whatever. And then I realized, because you come from Alabama and I've heard your dad talking, your dad's got like a really strong Alabama accent. Mm -hmm. And what I realized in that moment was everybody knows what they sound like. I know what I sound like. I know what a country accent sounds like. I know what a British accent sounds like. And if I wanted to, I could fucking Madonna out and just from here on out, just be British. Sure. And that's what you did as a, at some point as a teenager, you were like, fuck this country accent. I'm just fucking going to speak this other way. And you made a decision to do that, dude. That's like a conscious decision that you made. I don't know if it was conscious. Of course it was. I never thought about it, but I, I was raised by music and movies i know but you were like you could have like everybody around you kept talking alabaman <laughs> and you just at some point you decided i'm not doing it anymore i'm not talking that way i'm gonna talk whatever you know whatever your accent is which is not it's, a, it's not a country accent it's not a redneck accent uh, but i've never seen video of myself as a kid sounding country either though well that's what i mean you probably made the decision early on at some point you're like mm -mm, that's not who i am like you think I made like at what age? Like six? Who knows? When maybe when you started talking. <laughs> at some you know what I mean? At some point you decided, yeah, I'm not this I'm not country. Like I could talk country all day long and people be like, damn, he's country as fuck, boy. Yo, did you hear that? I'm okay, you're okay. I got that one damn Yankee boy, and then they got the other kid, ball, he far. That Bob Schneider, he's by country as they get, boy. Who's the character I do? Old man Gaffney. That guy. That character is just all the old dudes I grew up around. Yeah. Well, we're going to take care of you. It's real nice right now. It ain't going to be pretty, and it ain't going to be cheap. But well, we'll get you back up on the road in no time. Oh, what's that, what's that place you call you got, Dan? What's it called? Gaffney Dulling. We'll get you fixed up. Hell, hell's bells, I wouldn't let my son-in-law drive six feet in this thing, and I hate his goddamn guts. Yo, boy, I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Uh, I didn't get that spelling on it. Uh, run that by me one more time. Gaffney Dalton, P-L-U-M-I-N-G, Dalton. Pops are humming, called Dalton Dalton. <laughs> Dude, that never not fails to crack me up. I'm just thinking about my friend Don, who's just having to hear me scream in this fucking accent. Dude, I love that shit. Anyways, I just, I thought it was interesting. No, that is, that is fascinating. Well, because... Yeah, the guy you met and you were sort of enamored with his accent, he knows what he's doing. It's not like he's yeah. shocked by it. No, no. And, and so we had this winter storm, and so they had, they had all these service people coming through here and getting all the power lines back in order because we lost our power here because all these trees collapsed in Austin. And so they had all these emergency crews from all over the country. So they had these guys from Mississippi, like six guys from Mississippi, and they're like straight up hardcore Mississippi accent. And they were nice guys. And I was talking to him, and, and I had the same thing. I was like, oh, where are you guys from? Mississippi. And, and then I, I brought up the whole accent thing. I'm like, yeah, you guys, you know, like, 
I had this epiphany that everybody can knows what their accent is. I, I had, because for the longest time I just thought, oh, you just have, you just talk the way you talk and you don't have any idea what you sound like, but that's not true. And I'm like, you guys know what you sound like, right? And they're like, oh yeah, we got that redneck accent. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course you do. And they, and they like it because that's who they are. Yeah. Like, and, and that's how they identify themselves, like as, as country boys. But you know what? Speaking of when we were at 30A, another person that we were hanging with there is our, our mutual friend, Mindy Smith. Now, Mindy Smith's from Long Island. And when we're up in that part, when I used to tour with her, and when we would be up in that part of the world, that accent would come out more. And I've noticed that when she talks about her family, like when she talks about her mother or in her childhood, that accent comes forward. Oh, sure. Well, when I'm talking to somebody, not maybe as much now, but dude, when I was younger, if I was talking to anybody, I'd start talking like him pretty quickly. Really? Yeah. Kind of like a chameleon. Just but, mir- mirroring. Just kind of, yeah. Or dude, if I'm like playing one of these like country dance halls in Texas and I look out and I see a bunch of hats out there, I'm metal and I'm steel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know what I mean? I roll into it, son. I roll in. Remember it. that song, uh, Don't Give Up That Sweet Booty? Don't give up that sweet booty. Yeah. Just some fast talking kitty. But here's what I don't do. Like, I might do that while I'm singing, but when I, in between songs, I don't do the country. Like, that would be. Dumb. That'd be weird. That'd be weird if I. All right, that was my song. Hey, boy, let's get it hot in here. All right, let's do it. No, it, so in between songs, I usually don't do a lot of talking. If I see a lot of hats, I don't do a lot of talking, but sometimes I'm like, I don't give a fuck either. And then I'll just talk and I'm like, hey, man, yeah, I don't have a country accent. Yeah, I sound like a sound, bitch. Deal with it. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, good. But we're not coming back ever. It, okay. is an inter- it is an interesting point that you make because I'm thinking about my sister right now. My sister has a pretty country accent and she'll say, she'll say shit sometimes and I'm like, huh? I'm like, man, we were raised the same. What do you, why you, why'd you say that like that? I guess you just leaned into it. You just are what you are. You know that. You have a kid, so you understand, oh, kids are just born, they're stamped with a certain personality. Yeah. And absolutely their environment affects that to a degree where what language you speak, what clothes you wear, what you're expected, you know, what you're expected of as a person socially, you know, depending on your family and your culture or whatever, that affects how you behave, but who you are, dude, you're just born that way. You didn't, you didn't become who you are. You were born that way. And then you found out who you were and your parents found out who you were and people around you found out who you were as you grew older. And that's, that's something that I think is hard for people to understand who don't have kids. I'm not saying having kids makes anyone special, but there is, there are things that you learn and go through when you have a kid that just simply don't happen when you don't. And yeah. one of the things that you see is that you see that play out. Like you see a baby that is completely helpless, can't tell you shit, can't tell you when their stomach hurts, when they're hungry, or even when they love you. And then you watch them grow. And then when they start to come into who they are, there is a very interesting sense of like, I had nothing to do with that. Well, the other thing that I discovered, because my son didn't start talking to you, he was almost three. So that's pretty late. Like yeah. Scarlett was already talking before she was one. Yeah. So as I got to know her, she was already talking. But with Luke, I mean, it was years of me talking to him, him being him, but him not 
responding. And then once he started talking to me when he was three, I was like, oh, he's been the same guy this whole time. He's he's had the same personality this whole time. I just wasn't able to, he wasn't able to, exp- like I didn't know who he was until now. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, now it all, he's filling in all the blanks now when giving me all this information. What's he up to? He just got back from Boulder. Um, he's looking at, he he might go to school. But he, I don't know. He, he's probably going to go to San Diego. He's he's a to live? senior. Yeah, to go to college. Oh, man. I, I think, I'm pretty sure he's going to end up in San Diego just because they got a, he's a lacrosse player and they got a great lacrosse team there. So he's like, he's a good kid, man. He, it's amazing. He's turned out incredible. Like the difference between me and him at that age is remarkable. Just because he had this sort, sort of sober, his mom and me are so much different than my parents were. So my idea of what how you should behave as an adult is completely different than his idea of what you should how you should behave as an adult. Like all like a lot of his friends have kind of crazy parents, not crazy parents, but just whatever. Parents who don't give a fuck or party or whatever. And all those kids are like partying and acting like fools, and he's mm. just not that way. Cuz he just he didn't grow up in that environment. He was so sweet, man. He when I met Luke, I mean shit he was probably younger than Nova is now. And that's just wild to think about him being in college in a year. I mean, he's, he's bigger than I am. He's, he's, and he's, he's all he does is work out every day. So he's like in serious shape. So how do you feel about him being that far away? Is that Um, like a sad feeling? Yeah. I mean, I've kind of gotten used to it because even when he's here now, I don't, I don't really get to hang out with him or talk to him very much. Yeah, that's coming up, dude. That's all, that whole part of like once your daughter's in middle school, bye bye. She turns nine this year. Yeah, yeah. You got two more years, and then uh, at the end of eleven towards twelve, she's gonna be gone. I mean, she'll still be there, but she's not gonna want to. She's not gonna want to do anything with you. I mean, I don't want to sound like a pussy. Speaking of pussies earlier. But that makes me feel incredibly sad, like really sort of deeply sad, what yeah. you're saying to me right now. No, dude, it's it's not cool and or fun. It's sad, and that's why people get depressed. People get real depressed as they get older. There's a lot of depression coming. But you think a lot of it's tied to the fact that you give your kids everything for at least 18 years, but and then they kind of leave you, and then you gotta face you got to face it all alone again. Is that what you're saying? They just, they, part of maturing and becoming an adult is breaking away from your parents. And so some, sometimes that happens drastically and combatively, and sometimes it just happens naturally. And, but either way, it's going to happen. And then, depending on what your relationship is and what kind of kid you have and who you are, then, you know, you can reconnect. I mean, my, my mom, my sister talks to my mom every day, but there was a there were twenty years where I didn't talk to my parents, but maybe once every six months. I really hope that Nova. I really hope that I do the kind of job where she's ready for the world, like she can be out there and be a killer, but that she also wants me in her life because it'll be up to her. I mean. I honestly never want to be apart from her ever for the rest of my life, which, but I know that that's not how it works. And I know that's not what's good for her, but it'll be up to her how much she wants me around. And I, I hope it's more than once every six months. It will be because you have a different, you, you, you've, 
again, you've raised your daughter differently than you were raised. Yeah. You know, you a completely different, different uh, environment. I mean, that's the thing. Like when I was Luke's age, I kind of hated my dad. I mean, I was, had no love for him at all. And mm. that's just not the way Luke, Luke tells me he loves me every time we talk, hugs me. Like he loves me. Right. I, I love it. He just doesn't, you know, he's not interested in hanging out with me. Right. You know, he he wants to hang out with his friends and do, you know, teenage boy shit. Right. So, it's just the way it is. <sighs> ay, ay, ay. I'm not going to see my daughter for another month. That's too long. Yeah. I don't feel real good about it. We also just bought a house, and so... She started a new school. A lot going on. A lot going on in the world. Oh, wow. That must have been a huge transition for her. Well, <clears throat> luckily, it went really well. This we, we moved into an amazing neighborhood. She's going to an amazing school. She was nervous, but she jumped in. She made a bunch of friends. We were, well, not we because I'm on the road, but Isabel was going to go have lunch with her. They let parents come have lunch, and she told Isabel, don't come, Mom. I'm making friends. I'm fine. Wow. I'm like, oh, my little baby. And now she's saying she wants to ride the bus. I'm like, oh, fuck. Wow. I know, man. I FaceTimed with her yesterday, and it's only been like 12 days on the road. But I I even felt like even in that 12 days, she changed, you know? They change a lot when they're young. What's up with Scarlett? How's she doing? Uh, she's doing great. I tell you, man, my fucking wife and Scarlett, I mean, but you can't blame Scarlett. She's, she just turned eight, so she, it's not like she's a full-grown adult, so... I'm going to cut her some slack. But my wife, like, hey, if you're doing FaceTime, keep the camera stable. She's like fucking, I feel like she's like juggling the camera or something. I'm like, just keep it fucking, keep it fucking static. Dude, I I had to tell Lizbell, and she might even hear this, and I'm fine with it. And she had to, she reacted to it well. But I had to, I had to say, because she called me to relay information to me about the house or about whatever. And it sounded like she was running a marathon. It sounded like she was banging every pot in the kitchen and carrying a backpack full of bullshit up a mountain. And I was like, hey, babe, can you just not do anything but talk to me? Can we just focus on this combo so I can get this fucking information? And she she got it. She was like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, same deal. They just, they can't just sit there and talk to me. Dude, my shit's fucking, I got my shit fucking portrait mode. I mean, I'm like, I'm, prepared. I'm in a comfy. I'm yeah, I'm in lounge position. I'm comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I might as well be doing a fucking Ken Burns documentary. I'm just looking. <laughs> shit's fucking. I'm looking good. I got the lighting right. Right. If they want to look at Daddy, I'm here to be looked at. Meanwhile, I'm looking at fucking Blair Witch Project on the other side of that camera. Yeah. Fucking everything's moving constantly. Like I know. Hey, lean the camera up against something. And be still for one second. Yeah. What the fuck? Men are so... Men are just so dumb and simple. Like, a man can sit still for almost forever. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Sitting still? Dude. For almost forever. Dude, as long as they're... if, If you're on a shitter... If you if you had a couch like a lazy boy that you could also shit into that would flush, 
And then you were within arm's reach of food and beverages and a remote control. Game over. Forever. Just forever. And then, <laughs> and also master, and also masturbation yeah. towels. Well, of course, but like Isabel, no she, need she, to ever leave that. But position. Is, but Isabel will be like, hey, um, I'm gonna, I had a long day. I'm gonna draw a bath, and I'm like, hell yeah. And I've even done this before. I'll go. I'll go find candles. I don't even know how we acquired candles. I don't even know where they come from or even how much one of them costs. But I'll go find a bunch of candles, light them up, get her favorite book or her favorite magazine. And I'll tell her, I'm like, look, stay in there forever. Don't worry about dinner. Don't worry about Nova. Take a long, insane bath. She's in there 20 minutes. And then I hear her getting out. She she just likes to be on the move, dude. I'm like, I could sit kind of in, in an uncomfortable spot for hours. I mean, yeah. I mean, if I get into a bath, I'm not leaving until at least three layers of my skin have fucking flagged off. How many times have you peed in there until you get out? (laughs) I usually don't pee in the tub. Oh, come on, man. Live a little. I I don't. Well, look, time Uh, flew by. I'm not a big big fan (laughs) of stewing in my own pee. Look, here's what happened. Time flew by because we were having a good time. And we have to go now to Secret Weekly. And I'm going to go ahead and remind you here at the end that there's something you wanted to talk about in the Secret Weekly that you said you might not even be able to talk about there. All right, I guess I'll... T- no, I, maybe. I'm going to talk... I, mean, I don't know. All right, Let's well, see. we're going to go there now. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for being patient with us. It's been a busy couple of weeks with me being on tour, buying a house, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but uh, we're going to see you in the next week on the Flippity Floppity. Check out the Patreon. Check out our other podcasts. We're going out of the Secret Weekly. Peace. 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 <laughs>